Hello, hello, and welcome to Intentional Sounding. It's the Draw Play Podcast on Pro Bowl Week. I'm your host, Draw Play Dave Rapocio, third stringer for the Pro Bowl, and I only got accepted because five other quarterbacks dropped out. With me, as always, is subpar hashtag Sam Grezis. Yeah, it's it's really hard to spell, and, uh, you know, everyone gets it wrong. It's not very good SEO, my last name. So so in in that vein, we got it. We got another... We got another Grezes on the show tonight. So the Falcons won. So we figured that we, we would bring in someone that lives in Atlanta to kind of uh, to kind of give, give a little take on that. He's been on the show before. Thank you so much for joining us, my brother, Will. Thanks for having me. I'm still in a bit of disbelief that the Falcons are actually in the Super Bowl, that the Atlanta, an Atlanta team has made any championship whatsoever so uh yeah. <laughs> it's good to be here under these circumstances well, i haven't actually watched the games this past weekend a spoiler alert <laughs> oh, falcons won uh, yes we had championship weekend mm-hmm. and it was i mean i guess if you're rooting for the two teams that won it was a good weekend uh, yeah but from a football standpoint this is has been a very disappointing playoffs I want to start. I want to start this off before we can like really start talking about the Falcons and the Patriots and all that stuff. I want to rattle off a few numbers. I want to see if you guys know what numbers I'm referring to. Sam might get it because he reads my Twitter. <laughs> but um, I'm gonna rattle off some numbers here: 13, 18, 20, 25, 16, 3, 18, 2, 23, and 19. Wow. What do those numbers refer to? I, I think I margins of victory. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say the same thing. I didn't see the tweet, but I was, I, I'm pretty sure you were just going to say margins of victory. In That's the exactly it. In the postseason this year, we've had two games decided by less than 10 points. And for the game that was decided by three points, that was only close for like five minutes at the end. And that's Green Bay, Dallas. And for the game that was decided by two points, that was literally one on six field goals. The playoffs have been terrible for just from a competitive, like a competition standpoint. They've been boring and kind of just dull to watch. Right. But there's a difference between that and then like and then again, again, because I root for the Falcons. I I had a lot of fun watching that game. Maybe it was because I root for the Falcons. But at the same time, I think may like there's something about that game that would be fun for an unaffiliated fan to watch. So, like, competitive doesn't always mean watchable, right? There's, yeah, you know, there's... That's, that's it, fair. But at the yeah. same time, not many of those games, these games have been watchable either, right? I think I think that the Falcons game it was an exception, not the rule. Well, I think any game the Falcons are in with that offense is going to be watchable regardless of, you know how competitive yeah, the, the game be. against the Seahawks was very watchable even though it was a blowout and yesterday was very watchable I think it's watchable because they score a lot of points and they're fun to watch like offensively they do a lot of interesting things but from just from like a close game standpoint what we normally get it hasn't been all that memorable no 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 it's it, this is this is not the kind of postseason that that you'll remember. When I was looking up those uh, point differential numbers, I actually had to like go online and remind myself who like the wild card week games were, simply because none of those games were memorable, and I had kind of already forgotten who was in half of them. Yeah, 
I looked up and I was just like, oh, right, the Raiders and the Texans. That yeah, was the, a game. The Raiders were a playoff game. That was a playoff game. Yeah, geez. Do you really remember that game? No, I it don't. feels like years ago. Like, I watched that whole game and I, yeah, I don't remember I like, say anything from it. Memorable things Outside, I think Clowney did a thing. Oddly enough, the player on by far the worst playoff having a mini resurgence, but that just goes to show how terrible they've been. Like, Miami made the playoffs. That's absurd. Oh, Jesus right. Christ, they did. I, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Miami was in the playoffs. Yeah. That was a game that people watched. I just know they lost Do you remember that game? No. I remember nothing. I, I remember the game. regular season game better than the playoff That's game. It. Yep. It's just kind of, it's kind of just been sort of a theme this year. It just feels like football hasn't been as good. Like We were talking about this a yeah. lot for like the first half of the season. Like the product just seemed kind of subpar, yeah, compared to where it normally is. It didn't feel like we had those moments, those teams, those games, and we kind of got past that. The ratings started to go back up after baseball ended, and people stopped talking about it. And the games, it started to get a little bit interesting again in the back half of the season because we finally had playoff contention, and that's always kind of exciting. I think there's a, and this might be a bit oversimplifying, but. There's a bit of a market inefficiency in the NFL right now where in order to be good and competitive, you need a good quarterback. And there's about, on a good day, seven or eight good quarterbacks in the league. I mean, if you look at the teams that made the championship game, it's the four quarterbacks who are by far better than, you know, the rest of the quarterbacks. Um, Oakland was, you know, to make their championship game, their quarterback down, and they immediately become, you know, they lose to Houston by two touchdowns. So I think there's such a disparity having with regard to a quarterback that I don't know how they can fix that. Yeah, that's a good point. If you think about how many teams, if you take like one player away from each team, who the most valuable player on that team would be that they would lose and cause them to tank, it would always pretty much be the quarterback. Right. There's very few teams that would survive if you remove the quarterback at and play at basically the same level. Well, But you're also talking about... Uh you know, a league where just last year you have a, a team winning the Super Bowl, you know, despite a quarterback, right? So it's just, a, it's such a different climate, I think, in the NFL this year. Last year was kind of an anomaly because there's always that one defensive team that could carry it. Like this year, mm -hmm. I honestly, I think that team would have been either the Chiefs or the Giants. Because yeah. the chief, Alex Smith wasn't exactly inspiring, and Eli had a bad year, but the defense pretty much won the seasons. But they weren't like at the level of the Broncos' defense last year, right. so they didn't quite right. pull and it had off. A crazy, soft and people schedule, are trying to insert this narrative oh. that that the Patriots this year yeah. are like the Broncos of last year, and I, I kind of get why they're trying to make that argument, just because like, oh, it's a great offense versus a great defense. But I, I don't know. I feel like that's a little try-hard for me. I don't I don't buy that. I don't think this Patriots defense is particularly great. It's mm -hmm. just okay. And the problem is a lot of these other teams in the playoffs don't have good defenses. Like, oh, yeah, their schedule in the playoffs has been kind of pathetic. Mm -hmm. Everyone's like, oh, this team's going to Super Bowl. Have you seen how they played? They yeah. got to play the Texans. I, I was going to say. And then they got they're... to play the Steelers. They're, they like, are. The, the Chiefs would have been a harder matchup. Yeah. It's. There's, they're so the Patriots get lucky just as much as they're good sometimes. This is what you always need to keep in mind whenever, and you'll hear this. We got two weeks of this, you know, of of hearing this that the New England Patriots 
have the NFL's top scoring defense. And they do. They do. They just haven't played anybody. <laughs> I mean, like they played they played good teams and they played good offenses, but they've had they have played a very very soft schedule. I get I get a lot of people who are Patriots fans who are like trying to convince me that I'm wrong about the Patriots all the time because for some reason uh, my opinion needs to be validated for them. Something like that. I, I, I love it. There's a couple commenters on my site that are like desperate for me to acknowledge how great the Patriots are. And at this point, I just keep laughing at them because I know it pisses them off. But when they use like the success the Patriots have had in the playoffs is like reasons why uh, Brady's so good. And I think about it, they almost always get pretty much the number one seed and stuff like that. And you think about it, if you're the number one seed, you're pretty much mathematically given the easiest road to the Super Bowl because in in week in because you automatically get a bye and then in the divisional round you you can only play like the two worst seeds like you can e- you either play the fourth seed or the sixth seed the other one goes to the other one so the other matchups always usually better it's only really the div- the championship game where a decent team will challenge the number one seed. And if you're a good so, enough team, you'll you'll you know win that matchup. You know, like right. seven. And of course, you're at home for that and stuff when, if you're the number one seed. And the Patriots, since they're always number one seed, they're always at home. They're never really. Yep. When they go on the road, they're not all that great. Like when they go into Denver, they they have trouble. When they go to other divisions, they're not terrible. But since they're always the number one seed, they're always getting the the best matchups. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's that's credit to the team for being good enough to get the number one seed and all that crap. But the playoff successes start to feel a little little less impressive when you remember that those they're always facing the lowest seeds. Like yeah, I would have loved to have played the Texans instead of the Chiefs or something like that. It's come on. If you look at their road this year in particular, it is insane the breaks that went their way. I mean, they've had some injury issues too, but they, I mean, they got their bye right. They play Houston, which, you know, we've been over and over that. Oakland, you know, removes themselves from the, the playoff picture entirely. Then they go up against Pittsburgh. And yeah, they, the yeah, goes down, you know, at the beginning of the game. Like, to make seven straight. AFC championships, you do need a healthy dose of luck along with, you know, Brady and Belichick and all that stuff. I Basically, just, screw the Patriots. Well, here's here's, here. here's the other thing is we're, <laughs> we're talking about how unmemorable this, this, uh, play, this postseason is going to be. How, like, will, if the Patriots win, will anybody remember the 2016-2017 NFL season? No, anybody it's just gonna be just another patriots win yeah that's what it'll be that it'll just be it'll just be another one and no yes yes and and that's it and so so if you needed if you needed another reason to root for the atlanta falcons uh that is at least just one thing that you'll be able to look at this season of football and kind of remember and take with you as a positive I have I have a litany of reasons uh, that maybe I'll get into later about why, if you're any bit neutral, you need to be pulling for Atlanta in this game. But I think I'll save that for later. I would say there have been some memorable. I mean, I think the Dallas story has been very cool. As much as I'm not one to root for the Cowboys, yeah, the Dallas I mean, has been an, an exciting team to watch and a fun story. 
um, that if you divorce them from their the fact that they're the cowboys <laughs> ha- is genuinely good. Well, at the same time, though, that's not really that's not really a in my opinion, that's not a 2016-2017 story. That's a, like a Dallas Cowboys story. And where does this team go in the future? You know, sure, we saw, we saw, you know, Dak and Zeke go off, and this is this was the start to the story. But for me, that kind of exists separate from. The I hope season. it's the start of an epic collapse of a story. <laughs> It be, it becomes like I a, hope we look a, back on a, the 2016 Cowboys as the team that could have been. It's it's the start of a Stephen King novel, not a uh, <laughs> you know not anything by like J.K. Rowling or uh, you know anything happy. I mean, we've been kind of talking about the Pats, so we might as well start with the Patriots Steelers game. Yeah, yeah. I watched it and I remember basically nothing. I, I I I really I really don't. I saw Levy and Bell go down. I saw the Steelers uh get their touchdown called back because the guy was down on like the half he yard was, line. Down the and as soon as I saw that, I'm like, well, the pay- well, watch the Steelers not get into the yep. stupid end zone now, and then the game will be over because the Patriots will score subsequently on the next drive, which is exactly That's what happened. Pretty much exactly what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Chris Hogan. Um, apparently, he is the. Next oh yeah, yeah, because he yeah, had yeah, a haven't good game. Yeah, haven't you heard? Yeah, haven't you heard? Good, good for him. Uh, on the flip side of that, really, the impressive thing for me and the thing I'll be interested to see in the Super Bowl is the Pats dealt with Antonio Brown very well. Um, as one, as good as one can, I still think he's the best receiver in the league. Um, maybe uh, well, Chris Hogan <laughs> has to say about that, but. Um, that when especially not having to worry about Le'Veon Bell, the way they just bracketed him with Malcolm Butler up in his face and then safety help over the top, I thought that was not something I was expecting them to be so efficient at. So I think you know looking forward with Julio Jones, like they've got they've got some answers, and I I would commend their I forget I always forget their defensive coordinator's name Matt Patricia. Looks like he belongs, I think that's you know, it. Matt Patricia. Old, Matt Patricia, yeah, that's that's definitely him. Brett Patricia, as as me and my friends call him, but uh, I, I want to say that job. it did make his job a little bit easier to have to not have to worry about Le'Veon Bell in the run game. You know, you can yeah. kind of cheat a little bit, not to not to take anything away from that, but but up against the Falcons, they're not going to have that luxury. <laughs> they won't. And honestly, I think Antonio Brown's a really good receiver, but I think Julio Jones is a tougher matchup simply because he's bigger. Yeah. Yeah, the Antonio Brown's a really good receiver, but he's not the tallest or biggest dude. He's more quick. And Julio, Julio's the kind of guy you can just chuck it up, and he'll just out muscle and just beat people that way. So I think a tighter coverage in that sense, Julio's a better receiver, and he's going to provide a tougher matchup. But the Patriots do have the ability to at least cover him fairly yeah, well, for sure. And the Steelers, the Steelers really have nobody else to throw the ball to either. I think that's the other thing. Is they're not really a team that spreads the ball out effectively. I mean, Sammy Coates had a dreadful game, uh, and then you're you're down to guys like Eli Rogers and I don't even want to go down the list. Kobe Hamilton. It's just <laughs> Jeez, not. It's, it's not, not pretty. Sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. And the one thing I've been really impressed with with the Falcons this season is just how they're able to spread the ball around to pretty much everyone. Well, but you, you have to have talent to do that, right? And the Falcons have have sp- have spread that talent out. And we make jokes about the Sanu Canoe, but like, 
it's real, you know, having having it, such a strong, the Sanukanu is real. Yeah, he really, really has, and well, he's that's, exactly what you need in a number two. That's that's the thing, though, is if you if you look at the the Steelers, right, and and you try and compare them to this Atlanta team, uh, by by like halfway through the second quarter, the the Steelers' offense became incredibly one dimensional, and they they were like. They ran the ball exclusively for the purpose of trying to open up Antonio Brown passing lanes. They didn't do that effectively. He's been fantastic. And they couldn't find Antonio Brown. So, like, that, you know, that's what's going to happen when, <laughs> when, when you have one, one strategy that... Also, Todd Haley's kind of crap. Yeah. Yeah, that's also true. Yep. I think that that's a big difference is if you, if you compare him to Kyle Shanahan, that is a huge step up in terms of mm-hmm. offense. I mean, when I, going back to that uh, goal line stand by the Patriots, those were three terrible play calls yeah. by the Steelers. Yeah. Just, just terrible. They, they run right up the gut the first time. Okay. It didn't work. Then they try it exactly again. And the Patriots are all over. You never it. do that. Yeah. <laughs> And then you try a quick little pass out to the flat, and that doesn't work either because the guy can't even hold it. It was just really poor play calling when they yeah. really needed that touchdown more than anything. Is is that the possession where they tried the um, back corner fade on fourth down and just praying? For no, they they kicked a field defense? goal. They okay, were on right. the like half yard guy. line, and then they kicked a field goal mm-hmm. because they're they should have. I think they should have gone for it. They definitely should have gone for it. Well, so that was interesting to me too. Is you know, um, the Steelers have kind of made a name for themselves going for two all throughout the regular season. And then I think it was the first touchdown of the game. They go for an extra point and they miss it. I, I thought that was a nice little dose of karma. Like, you got to stick yeah. to your guns. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I, yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's a, that's a very, and then, and then on that next drive, they did, they didn't try and punch it in from, you know, one foot deep. <laughs> on fourth down, yep. you know, like w- Steelers looked terrible in that game. They really, really did. They they looked unprepared. I think they they didn't look prepared. Honestly, they didn't really look all that great against the Chiefs either. The Chiefs just kind of looked worse. No, no, but at the same time, against the Chiefs, that's kind of hard to. It it, it was kind of hard to judge, just because yeah. because of like you know defense, defense and and how the, that was kind of a grinded out style game. They couldn't score a single touchdown. I think you're being a little, a little generous with them. They, they yeah. looked pretty. <laughs> awful. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's I fair. I mean, the Steelers were probably the least inspiring team to reach this far. I mean, the the Packers were far yeah. more inspiring. Absolutely. Yeah, the Falcons were far more inspiring. The Patriots even though even they lost are just by more. better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess just in the playoffs have been mediocre. Yeah, in my heart of hearts, I just you know, it would have been nice if if. Ben Roethlisberger was just chucking bombs downfield to Antonio Brown all day, but it was not. It was not to be. Not yeah. To let's be. talk about the fun game. Yeah, at let's. Least the funner, the funner <laughs> game. The, the game that was at least kind of entertaining to watch because it had actual like fun points and stuff like that in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I uh, I do want to say this game was really funny. Before you, before you say anything, yeah, go for Sam, it. Go for I, it. Um. As soon as the first week of the playoffs happened, I saw like big wars happening on Twitter between Falcons fans and Packers fans, mostly started mm-hmm. by Packers fans who were just like, how can anyone say Matt Ryan is the MVP? And then Rodgers put up 
a bunch of points, like 38 points on the Giants. Like, see, how can anyone yeah. say that Ryan is the MVP? Look how good Rogers is. Raw cheese and stuff. <laughs> it's but not look, a, see, it's not see, a bad this, regu- this regular season award should totally be judged by how good Rogers did in his playoff game. That's yeah. real, just if you put the two of them against each other, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. The Rodgers is just going to win. Um, they lost the matchup in the regular season. Yeah. And this yeah. game, it should completely and utterly end yeah. anyone who's just like, well, Rodgers should be the MVP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, head-to-head, head, mm-hmm. Matt Ryan kicked his ass. <laughs> right. <laughs> really, I, really. I'll did. say I agree with you 100%. I'd still say Aaron Rodgers is the best football player in the league, and he has been for a while, but that's not necessarily what the MVP is talking about. It's been Matt Ryan's year in a lot of ways. And on top I mean, of if that, the season was only like the last seven games, right. maybe Rodgers has the MVP. But it, the season's like an entire season, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, maybe the MVP should be award should be reserved for people who talk to their family members. God, oh. <laughs> I the, the the shade on Twitter, man, is like everyone's like, man, it'd be really. It's what really sucks is that you know Rodgers can't call his mom and have her. Tell him it's okay. You know, it's okay. And she's still proud of him, you know? The best, com- the, the best comment I saw. So I'm sure you guys saw this. Uh, the Falcons last week against Seattle, they invited Future down to the sideline. And even Bow Wow, mm-hmm. who apparently also um, had a, a history with, with Sierra, Russell Wilson's um, wife, for those who are not in the yeah. know. And mm-hmm. people were saying that for this week, the Falcons should have invited the the Rogers clan to hang out on the sidelines to really get <laughs> which is pretty uh oh, that, pretty brutal that would have been dark <laughs> that's great that's great I I enjoy I enjoy that that was one of my favorite subtle storylines this season mm-hmm. honestly mm-hmm. and it kind of got lost because that Rogers started doing really well again but when it when he was having a bad time at the beginning everyone was ripping on him for that and I I don't know the family drama like. There's it's not... his business, but it's still really fun jokes. Yeah, yeah, and there's that new article about not new, new, but you know, came out in the past like month or so. Uh, there's that article about it, and yeah, it's, it, it is a lot of fun to uh, to make jokes about. Wasn't State Farm's like uh, slogan at one time like something about family? Like, oh no, it's it was it's like a good neighbor. So I guess yeah. that doesn't really wash. The joke I was gonna like make like a good doesn't... neighbor who whose house you can go over to because you don't want to spend any time in your own house. Yeah, there you go. There's the joke. I'm going to run away, Mom. I'm going to go to Steve's house. Steve is better. He's a good neighbor. He's got a motorcycle. (laughs) (laughs) I I do want to say that I was talking with with a couple other people who root for the Falcons, and every single one of us uh, at halftime was positive that Aaron Rodgers would put up 20 points. Like in in you know the third or fourth quarter, they wouldn't quite go away. Yeah, yeah, and Th- there was just a close enough. There was ch- it was just close enough towards the end after and because you're afraid of Rogers. Yeah, it was just close enough that you could still see it happening, and it didn't really feel truly iced until like midway through the fourth. Right, even though it, even though it was. You know, even though, even though it, it basically was, by all accounts, it like, really was. When it took when it took the Packers like four minutes of the beginning of the fourth quarter to go down and score a touchdown, right, and right. then the Falcons immediately answered. It was over, but it, it it's still like he he's he's worthwhile. He he's worth your respect. Rogers is worth your respect. See, like there was still that hint 
that maybe it could happen. But to be straight honest with you, I don't know if I've ever seen a game where apps the a team got absolutely none of the breaks. Yeah. The Packers got none of the breaks yesterday. That's true. It was it was kind of amazing. The Falcons gave him opportunities too. They did. I mean, first off, the missed field goal. Um, mm-hmm. The <laughs> the two dropped interceptions on that one touchdown drive. Yeah, that was. Yeah, well, that, I mean, I mean, one of them, of, one of them was like that interception was never going to happen. You know, I think I think one drop the one the first dropped interception that should have been a play that was made. That that should have been one, a pick. The second one, I don't think ever had a chance, really. But I think it did. It, it wasn't as high a chance, but I think it had a chance. Well, and the fact that he got his hands on it, like there, it, it wasn't like a tip. It was he got his hands on it and he just straight let it get out of his hands. Like that, that could have been picked. Yeah, I guess. So I disagree with you. <laughs> Shut down corner. <laughs> Robert. But then, yeah, the Falcons. The Falcons had that stupid uh, try, like direct snap trickeration play, <laughs> where it just hits the guy do, running past yeah, and they fumble the, the it and they it, and and uh the one packer basically falls on it and then somehow coughs it up it squirts and the out and taylor it gabriel like, they were getting on it. they were getting none of the calls they were getting none of the breaks it was kind of satisfying honestly because <laughs> the packers get away with a ton of shit well it was just a thorough demolition i mean everyone was expecting a high scoring game but i cannot believe how effective the atlanta pass rush was uh, yeah, I mean, everyone talks yeah. about Vic Beasley, and rightfully so. Rashid Hagman was crazy. I don't know if you remember that sack he had where he was completely, you know, lying flat, planking on the ground, but and he swatted Rodgers' oh heel with the lightest touch and sends Rodgers, one of the hardest quarterbacks to tackle in the league, to the ground. Um, Dwight Freeney had himself a little bit of a game. Like, they're pulling all the stops out to do what they can, and just not let the opponent drop over 35 points because if they can do that this team can win. The yeah. the the storyline that I think you're going to hear a lot from ESPN is like good offense versus uh, good defense and I said that earlier and that doesn't I don't think that gives credit either to the Patriots offense or the Falcons defense. Well, also yeah. I, I I agree to some extent the Packers offense will make the defense look good. They're really and yeah. I, I was pretty confident in Atlanta going into this game. I will, again, restate my admira- admiration for Rodgers. Aside from him, their offense is below average. I mean, I think Jordy Nelson, their receivers are good at catching the ball in traffic, but that's good because none of them can get open. If, if you look at the most of the throws he's completing, except for sometimes Geronimo Allison, like, they got about a foot of separation off their guys. They've got zero running game to speak of. Their offensive line is decimated. So if you can game plan enough for Rodgers and send enough at him, that offense is a defense-friendly offense in a lot of ways. That makes sense. I buy that. Yeah. I think everyone – There was two. I had two plays in this game that I thought were the best thing ever. Uh, one was – uh, Julio Jones's touchdown oh, to open the, the half. Oh, okay. That was that was, and this is one of those reasons why I think Julio is going to be a tougher matchup for the Patriots to cover than Brown because I don't, I don't see Brown doing that. I see Brown catching it in space and taking it all the way. I don't see him stiff arming and re- and out wrestling other players and then just burning everyone down the field. There is pressed, no, that play was amazing. There's no receiver in the league other than like if you hop in a time machine ten years and watch Anquan Bolden who mm-hmm. will stiff arm 
a defensive back through the ground like Julio Jones can. That that's totally true. And no. let, let's use his real name, Quintoris Lopez Jones. <laughs> true, true. That's real. That's that's that's, that's, that's great real. Name. That's his real name. Look it up on Wikipedia. Quintoris Lopez Jones. I just that well that whole thing like he makes moves before the stiff arm too. It's it's a Madden play, right? When you catch the yeah. you you use you you do the juke stick, you press the turbo button, and then you press the stiff arm button. Real football players aren't supposed to be able to do that. You get like one, right? Or the man is a freak. He he really is, and he's a, he's a bad bad man, and he is very scary. And I'm glad he has no reason to be angry with me. <laughs> you know what my favorite part of this game was, though? Hmm? The game was out of hand, and the Packers were driving down to the field. Um, I saw probably the best flop oh, that has happened oh, all yeah. year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We got to talk so about Rogers, this. So Rodgers is running out of bounds, uh, trying to get a first down. He Falcons guy kind of starts to tackle him. He grabs the Falcon player's face mask and rips his helmet off and kind of chucks it off to the side which is kind of funny in mm-hmm. its own right mm-hmm. the falcons guy gets up and is just like oh and rogers kind of gives him a light shoulder brush so he can get back on the field and the guy kind of like hovers on the side like oh should i go through with it should i and then he just goes oh and falls backwards listen man it's oscar season so it was the best flop it, he fell into the ref too which is a ballsy move yeah. he did he's, yeah he's of his own volition knocking <laughs> into the ref on top of that he that's Robert Alford. He's one of the more penalized corners in the whole league through like mm-hmm. PI, personal fouls, whatever else. So the fact that he's going to try to draw a flag out, like this whole team, I'm telling you, they play with a certain like nerve. I mean, it's partially swagger, but partially like, I don't know, the, the way they operate, they talk a lot of smack. Mm-hmm. They. Uh, it reminds me a lot of Dan Quinn's uh, secondary yeah. when he was with Seattle. Yeah. It, it does remind yeah. me a lot of Seattle. Yep. It's, it's really a, it's, awesome. It's, it's an odd kind of confidence that's r- really cool. I just thought the flop was amazing because you could, it, when you watch it in slow motion, you can tell he doesn't immediately know if he should flop. Mm-hmm. He kind of gets the push, and it, there's like a moment of like suspension where it's just like, should I go through with it? Should I? Do it? Yeah, I'm gonna do it, and then he falls backwards. <laughs> I don't know if it was because it's football, and you know, basketball is where we see that a lot. Or if it was because I was watching with people in Atlanta and there was a bit of a bias. But unlike any other time I've watched a game with people, everyone immediately after the flop, the two reactions were just laughing their asses off and applauding. Like nobody had a problem with it. Everyone was like, that's amazing. I love it. I hope they replay it 12 times. It was never, you know, I think partially because at that point the game was basically over sure. and it yeah. didn't really hurt, especially because Rogers had just gotten the personal foul for ripping the dude's helmet off. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I, that was very acceptable time to laugh at that because it didn't hurt the team at all. Right. Before we move on to Super Bowl and Pro Bowl and all that other mm-hmm. stuff, I I don't know what you guys feel about this, but here's a thing that I don't like. I don't like hashtag rise up. <laughs> oh, really? I think I don't like team hashtags. I feel like this is an example of the worst kind of team hashtag. I, I, I first off, so I'm coming from, I don't like hashtags in general. Hashtag hashtags make me irrationally annoyed, but the whole rise up thing, it's, it's kind of like the Panthers had keep pounding and the Cavs had all in and the Indians had rally together. It's 
it just screams of a bunch of dudes in a marketing meeting going like, what would look good on a t-shirt? The only good one, I think, is the Grizzlies grit and grind, I think, because that's at least emblematic a lot more of the team. But I would say my experience with the with the Rise Up thing, for a lot of folks, it started out like, this sucks, and people were saying that ironically. And then, I guess, through a function of the team getting better, and I guess the more you repeat it, you grow an affinity for it. But mm-hmm. it's caught on a bit, but I totally see how it Like the play. irony goes away. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I think the problem I have with it is it has nothing to do with the Falcons, really. Well, I think it it's comes... just, it, it's very, it's extremely loose. It's like, oh, hey, birds can fly upwards sometimes, so rise up. Not to be the well-actually guy, but I think, so <laughs> the uh, the hawks and falcons, I think, are birds because the city of Atlanta, our uh, bird is a phoenix because Atlanta was burned to the ground and, you know, we had our resurgence or whatever. So I think Rise Up is like, you know, the phoenix rising from the ashes. It's a little bit convoluted, and the fact that it was made in a boardroom takes away from a lot of, you know, that genuine message. But I think that's where it comes from. I guess that makes some sort of sense. It's just one of those things where they could replace it with, all in yeah. or keep yeah. pounding and it would effectively yeah. be the exact same thing. Whereas something like bear down, that's the bears. Yeah. Or right. like fly eagles fly. That that's eagles. They're the eagles. They're, they're flying. Right. Like that that's the thing. I just I just always thought Rise Up was really stupid. And it's the problem that that's the big hashtag that's getting sort of pushed all over Twitter right now. Mm-hmm. It's it's the same thing I saw with uh keep pounding last year it's just every single falcons fan is is sticking rise up in their twitter and it's just like eh, Look, they're gonna milk this eh. for as long as they possibly can they don't get oh, that many yeah. opportunities and i'm not that's, gonna fault them for it it's true yeah that's very very true they're selling a lot of t-shirts oh yeah yeah, yeah they're gonna sell i certainly it. don't i certainly don't blame them for it i just it's just one of those things i've always found annoying but i've Again, I've always hated hashtags. I have a lot of friends who, thankfully, uh, don't really listen to this podcast, so I'm not really subtweeting them. <laughs> it, they they go on, especially Instagram, and they just, like, short description, and then they just load up with the hashtags, and half the hashtags are just, like, unique hashtags that no one is going to search for to begin with. And, and it's just like, oh, and I've spent enough time with social media to know that hashtags aren't as nearly as effective as the people who use them think they are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just, I hate them. I'm like, I'm imagining, uh, Dave, in your, even though you're rooting for the Falcons, in your, like, drafts on Twitter right now is, like, about, like, 200 different uh, posts with sad Falcons child uh, on it, you know, with, with the little rise up towel. <laughs> And the camera slowly <laughs> zooming in on his face, all about how you hate the hashtag. It's uh, <laughs> it's making me very happy. My comic tomorrow is going to be all about how I hate the hashtag. Fair enough. Like, that's, that's, that's literally what I wrote about, and I came up with a whole bunch of uh, hashtags that I thought were stupider but funny. See, now I'm just imagining you as that sad Falcons child, except instead of it saying "rise up." It says, I hate hashtags or something. <laughs> hashtags, fuck hashtags. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. Get that trending, dude. <laughs> Get off our lawn. Really, the Falcons hashtag should be all aboard the Sanu canoe. Let's be real. Yeah, it really, I, 
we we've been doing our best to try and get hashtag Sanu Canoe trending, and uh, you know it it hasn't worked. Um, hasn't worked. Hasn't worked. So <laughs> if if you're listening, do your part. Uh, during the Super Bowl, and let's get Sanu Canoe as a trending topic. Anytime he, he does a thing, Sanu Canoe has to be. And you have to spell it S-A-N-U-C-A-N-U. Okay. Can't spell it right. Has to be the Sanu Canoe. Yeah. Have to, can't spell it the same way. It's way funnier that way. I've got one issue with this with this Sanu phenomenon, and it's, okay. it's the fact that it has caused the Falcons fans to engage in one of my pet peeves, which is whenever you have a player – who has an ooh sound in their name. Whenever they oh, do anything, oh, I hate it. you have to say their name and go, Sanu, and it sounds like you're booing, but everyone knows you're not. It's so annoying. Yeah. And in many ways, the Falcons fan base should be the last one to ever do that. And I'm very disappointed that, that they have uh, latched on to such a lazy, lazy Well, stroke. I mean, are the Falcons fans really chanting it, or are they uh, just pumping in that noise? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> That's a very good point. Oh, man. I can't come back from that. <laughs> no, no, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to see uh, at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium what the kind of um, uh, what the crowd noise pumping in technology is like in the uh, in the Atlanta Robot Butthole Stadium. <laughs> the Robot Butthole Stadium. Actually, going back to the whole like yelling "ooh" mm-hmm. because the name has an "ooh" sound. Uh, I got this is like a really loose connection, by the way. Like this is going to be a terrible segue, but. All right, so ooh sound. That reminds me of the Packers yelling John Coon, Coon yeah, yeah. which we all hated Coon for that. That was awful And then for a lot their, of their newest gritty white guy fullback, Ripkowski, had, like, the game-killing fumble. So, yep, Stripkowski. Like, like I said, really bad segue and really loose connection, but <laughs> I thought that was really funny. I'm going to segue off of that because one of my favorite things <laughs> this year, and I believe maybe last year, is watching Steelers games and they throw the ball to their tight end. I think he's like James Jones or something, some very generic name, but he's a big white guy. And mm-hmm. for a solid half a season, Steelers fans, whenever he would make a play, would go, Heath, just to show how. Um, oh my God. It, it was really, I swear I'm not making this up. Jesus games Christ. And you would hear that. <laughs> <laughs> they can't let it go. They got these big, lumpy white guys doing some stuff and. They've got to make it known. Oh, my God. Well, you know, Patriots fans are now going, Hogan. Oh, yeah, God. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, Chris Hogan, the the best guy. Did you know he played lacrosse? Oh, he didn't play basketball? No, no, he played lacrosse. Uh, did you know that? No, I didn't know he played yeah, lacrosse. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the announcers possibly mentioned that? I, I, so I don't remember. I don't think they did. Or if they, if they did, they didn't do it enough to really, you know, drill it into my thick fucking skull. They're too busy not talking about how Julian Edelman played quarterback at Kansas State. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. I we we were spared some of the Edelman filleting because both of their mouths were firmly, firmly planted on the dick and scroat of Chris Hogan the whole game. I mean, w- mm-hmm. the things he did to Mike Mitchell over the middle of the football field yeah. w- were probably illegal in at least. <laughs> 17 states I, I don't want to be taking away from chris hogan you know while i'm saying this you know he he does not deserve any of my ire uh other than for the fact that he is a new england patriot and you know hate by proxy i guess but 
I just don't want I just don't want anyone to compare him to Wes Welker. Um, no, because he is he's small, white, and on the Patriots. Right. I mean, come on, it's too late. <laughs> it's too late. It's like so at this lazy. point, I'm just kind of stunned that uh, Cole Beasley isn't a Patriot. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's the only small, greedy white receiver that somehow hasn't been thrown to by Tom Brady at this point. Yeah, well, he it's... he might have even more concussions than Welker, so they might not want to mess around with that. <laughs> <laughs> To get him one of the Darth Vader helmets. So, Will, you're not going to be on next week because you're the guest. You got the rotated guest chair. So, we're going to start with you. What do you think about this Super Bowl matchup? All right. So, I am not the one who made up this theory. I don't know if anyone did. This game, with our current, you know, social, political, global climate, Atlanta versus the Patriots, and I chose those words very particularly has a lot of connotations to it. Um, if you look at what Atlanta represents and, you know, who the Patriots run with. And I'm very excited for this game. I think the world needs Atlanta, you know, to to lay down the smacks from on high. Uh, I, I was actually rooting for the Patriots yesterday just so that Atlanta had a chance to beat that ass. Um, so I have a – if anyone's still on the fence – if we have any uh, Ken Bones out there who are still on the side of COVID. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a name that was really cool for a week. Yeah. Uh, I'm so glad that that's done. Anyway, I have yeah. I have some juxtapositions that I'd like to present you. Um, and you can just make your decision based on that. Uh, I don't know about the editing quality here, but if somebody could get the hook to Lemonade by Gucci Mane going on underneath <laughs> this while I'm talking, that would be wonderful. So just, just listen to these these comparisons maybe keep a tally at home which one you prefer and whichever side gets more that's who you should go with so we got atlanta versus new england these won't be in order but you should be able to pick up on what i'm talking about you've got julio and muhammad versus julian and chris you have chick <laughs> chick chick-fil-a versus subway oh man you have coca-cola versus casey affleck's hair grease you have <laughs> you have Sperry, Vineyard Vines, New Balance, and L.L. Bean versus I'm not going to even say anything because all of those brands are from New England, and that is just too perfect. <laughs> you have Aerosmith versus R.E.M. Mm-hmm. You have Samuel L. Jackson versus Mark Wahlberg. Oh, jeez. You have The Freak Nick versus Weird Gronk Fanfic. <laughs> you have Clam Chowder versus Chicken and Waffles. You have Outcast Ooh. versus Marky Mark because there are literally no New England rappers and he's the most famous by far. You have uh, John Cena. Oh, oh God. Good point. <laughs> I actually actually like John Cena, so uh, I'm going to lay off him. You have the Strip Club Capital of the World versus the Dropkick Murphys cover band Capital of the World. <laughs> you have Less Racism versus Yes Racism. <laughs> You have the Magic City versus the Tragic Shitty. Oh, good. And finally, Bean Town versus Lean Town. Oh. I think the choice is clear. I think I've stated my case. I, I figured those out within a matter of five minutes. If you do any more research, I, I just can't imagine why you would ever, ever pick New England. There, there are plenty more. I mean... Uh, le- you get Peaches versus um, Snow? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Does New England have a fruit? 
yeah, yeah. It's it's probably like yeah, like peaches, peaches versus beans. Yeah, yeah. Baked like beans. maybe I don't. Know, yeah, like and, and, and even, Atlanta like, does baked beans better anyway, and that's that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I just am so so hopeful that that this is just kind of a, a referendum on on the values of the world that need to get rewarded after some of the things we've seen lately so shrimp and grits versus one crossed. of the cities that doesn't literally doesn't even know what grits is no they know what grit is they just think it applies <laughs> oh, to people like chris Hogan. yeah there you go <laughs> it, it, it's little atlanta looks at grits and thinks wow that's delicious uh new england looks at grits and goes wow they're such a good white receiver white right wide, wide receivers it's it's a little white person versus a little white food dish oh god i really please 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 falcons just just do it just save us from a boring uh forgettable ending to a boring fairly forgettable season yeah like get like redeem the season some make it make it historic for atlanta you know make it make it historic Give make the give this season some meaning instead of just giving the Patriots another victory. Like at this point, the Patriots, if they win, sure, okay, Brady will have the most rings of any quarterback. The like the most at this point, like, but they still uh, the Steelers will still have most all time, right? They'll still have most all time, but Brady will have the most rings out of any quarterback. But the thing is, like the Patriots, they can't really add to their legacy at this point. Their legacy is more or less set. Right. Anything else? They they can only get incrementally more smug. Right. Really. Right. I I also think what'll be interesting, and this probably won't happen, and I might be a bit presumptuous. If they lose, this will be Brady's what third third Super loss Super Bowl loss. Yeah. <laughs> just just throwing it out there. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm. I'm I'm thinking mm-hmm. of I'm thinking about Brady choking right now and. Uh, yeah, you know, gives me hope. <laughs> gives me gives me hope in a lot of different ways. That we it, got two weeks to treasure that. Yeah, and then hopefully it'll actually happen. Yep, yep. Uh, if if I'm not busy hearing about uh, Chris Hogan's lacrosse playing days and the fact that he only played <laughs> one season of football at Monmouth University and was an undrafted free agent who never really caught on with the team until Bill did you know Be- all these all these teams <sighs> had had cut Chris Hogan oh at God. one point like wow there yeah, was it's not like Chris Hogan but, was always this guy that he was yesterday in one game and there was this you know one what? coach that uh, that saw something in him and it was the brilliant mind of Bill Belichick, and he came out of nowhere. No one knew he existed before uh, yesterday, and when he had a good game. And that that's the story of Chris Hogan, and I'm going to carve my eyes out with a melon baller. Jesus he never, Christ. He never gave up. And I, 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 I don't see why that rubs you all Hashtag the wrong way. Hashtag never gave up. I think some people might be a little insecure about their own work ethic. Uh, <laughs> this is this is the true American dream, you know. A, a professional caliber lacrosse player decides he wants to be a professional caliber football player instead, and he does it. <laughs> it's it's truly truly what our forefathers would have wanted. I think it's in the Constitution. Something about l- lacrosse players, it's like Black Article Forty Two. 
Lax Bros have had it hard, you know. They... That's true. That's true. Growing up in mean streets of, uh, you know, like Potomac, Maryland, and a, a lot of other suburbs of Maryland. All and... the non-shitty parts of New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. Listen, listen, man. It, 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 goes, it goes unsaid. You know, you have to pay, like, taxes on a trust fund. Do you know that? <laughs> like, yeah. it, it's not just free money. It's like mostly free money. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, less free money. Yeah. So like slightly less free money. The the problems are real. Like the struggle is real. Hashtag struggle is really real. Really is. It really is. It really is. And you can't even get it until like, you know, your parents let you. <laughs> I'm just ready for the New England fan section next year that's got, you know, like you know that they have all those different fan sections. The Hogan's Heroes group is going to be particularly. Oh, it's going to be great! Is they're going to have like the Hogan's Heroes thing, but he's not going to be all that great or something, and Belichick's just going to like trade him for a fifth. Yeah, he really like like week two. Uh, That is the future. I like. I'm sorry, but that it's going to be the future of Chris Hogan. There's no player on the Patriots that is safe from Belichick just cutting them outside Brady and Gronk. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I like even Edelman. I feel like if Edelman has a down season, Belichick would be fine with just kicking him out. Yep. Yep. I mean, and listen, he's he's made a career out of doing it, and he's proved that he is good at managing a team that way. He's always had mm-hmm. someone to it replace, works. you know, to replace. It works them. to be completely and utterly heartless. It, it really, really does. He's a football coach. He, he is. Yep. He is. He is, and he is a love hater, hater of love, love hater. Sam. Yes. We have a Pro Bowl this weekend. We do, and I'm actually excited for it. Holy crap! I mean, not the game, uh, <laughs> but literally everything else. <laughs> We're excited for dodgeball. We're excited for dodgeball. This no one cares about the Pro Bowl, but dodgeball? Dodgeball I'm stoked. with NFL players? I'm stoked for the skills yeah. competition, too. I'm, I'm going to watch the skills competition. I think that's going to be fun. So um, my fear with all of this, like the mm-hmm. dodgeball thing, for instance, I'm afraid to Google any of that because I have a hard time still believing it's true, and I don't want it confirmed to not be because this is like the only good decision the NFL has made in as long as I can remember to do this. Mm-hmm. And I just I have a hard time aligning that with what I understand the NFL to be. But if this is well, true, let's be honest. I'm they really did it stoked. because they the Pro Bowl was a joke, and it's been a joke, and every change they yeah. tried to make has been a joke. So they just realized maybe we should go back to what it was before we started trying to change it, yeah. and maybe people will like or, that again or lean into the fact that it's a joke, you know? Mm-hmm. So okay, here here we go. I, I can actually I I got I got the info right here. Thursday, January twenty sixth, uh, Pro Bowlers compete in a game of dodgeball. And that's that's yeah. that's as part of the skills showdown. Uh, so that's a skills competition. It's happening on Thursday. So you don't even need to like. It's not even Pro Bowl weekend. You can sit down Thursday night. It's Thursday night dodgeball. Thir- it is. Oh my god. Thursday night dodgeball. Who's gonna baby. call the? Do- Who would you want to? Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. It's not gonna be Phil. No, no. 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 But I just saw. Oh, jeez. Ray Lewis Uh-oh. is captain of the of one of the captains of the AFC dodgeball team. Oh, that that means his team's gonna win because he get if he gets hit by the ball, he's just gonna like bury it in the woods and be like, I wasn't involved. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like he's gonna take it way too serious. 
Uh, until yes, he will. That's true. He's not gonna poke a hole in the ball. He's gonna hold the ball down while somebody else pokes else a pokes hole. a hole in it. There's a difference. That's <laughs> true. It's true. It's true. Uh, so yeah, Jerome Bettis and Ray Lewis are the uh, are the captains for the AFC. Uh, Gonzo, Tony Gonzalez, and Charles Woodson are uh, the NFC uh, captains. Go NFC! Go yeah, NFC! Oh, for real. Go NFC! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> first off, it seems like it'd be way easier for those two to dodge the ball than uh, Fat Man Bettis and Big Man Lewis. Yeah. Like I, I'm trying to picture Jerome Bettis trying to dodge out of the way of dodgeballs. I feel like he's going to be the guy that everyone aims for immediately. Yeah, yeah. You key in on on that one guy, and then he tries to run up to the line, but he's he's old and he's slow and he's fat, and everyone else gets to the line, and they're just like, "Hey, Bettis," and he gets immediately pelted with like four dodgeballs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, but then there's a strategy thing though, because then there's four dodgeballs on the other team's side. Well, no, you got to hit him in the front of the gut so the ball bounces back to your side. Well, see, that's the thing. You got to be careful about that, right? All right. I'm really excited to see the first wide receiver drop a throw. Like some oh, one, sure. some wide receiver is immediately gonna have a ball thrown at him, and it's and he's gonna stone hands it. Yeah. And everyone's gonna crack jokes, and it's gonna be great. Do we think any of them like can't throw? I'm, I was like, wondering about this. Is is there a chance that any of these guys actually like, can't throw a ball properly? Like, if you're a wide receiver, that sort of thing. Like, the only people I think probably can't throw are probably in the trenches linemen. Yeah, and I don't think they're I don't think they're in the dodgeball game, which is kind of a shame. Oh no, never mind, never mind. No, they've got they've got they've got linemen. They've got it's it yeah, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, linemen, linebackers, and defensive backs. So. So, yeah. Everyone's playing. So, is this going to be, like, one giant game, or is it going to be, like, rotating? Oh, my God. If it's How is this going to work? Please make it a round-robin tournament somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but then but then why not just have the National Football Dodgeball League? Why not just do that? Because that would be fun. The NFL's not why, fun. Why not do that during the offseason? Free, free genius idea, yeah. Goodell. The NDL. Yeah. The no, 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 no. It's the <laughs> NFL DL, the National Football League, Dodgeball League. <laughs> because it can't be. It's not. It can't be. The the key to this is it is not dodgeball players. <laughs> well, what if what if they have to play dodgeball with footballs? Oh, oh God. That is terrifying. <laughs> we actually did that. As, <laughs> we did that as a quote unquote team building exercise in high school, and. I, <laughs> not only okay so a that's terrifying we did get yeah. to wear pads but you throw into the mix the fact that we had some some you know roided out uh reliving their high school days assistant running backs <laughs> coaches and whatnot who were getting into the game and really sadistically enjoying pelting like 150 pound 14 year olds um footballs are not fun to have pegged at you regardless of the amount of padding you wear they just got to differentiate themselves from normal dodgeball. They got to make it football dodgeball. I, I guess. I just like this is this is what happens every time we fucking talk about the Pro Bowl dodgeball thing is I start thinking about how many people I would like to see play dodgeball on TV. And now I'm thinking of a league that's not just the NFL. That's the NFL, NBA, MLB, like PBA uh, you know, oh. tennis associate, like the, the best, the best of all the sports, 
of every sports. You can get esports people in there. Get like get like the top rated so- Dota two player in there to play dodgeball, and then like have have like have celebrities on each team. Have like a celebrity on each team, and and that's you know this fall on NBC dodgeball with the stars. Matt Damon versus Samuel L. Jackson. Oh my God! Oh, uh, there's one. Listen, man, I I would I would watch it. Mark Wahlberg for Samuel L. Jackson. <sighs> How about everyone versus Mark Wahlberg? How about so we can just see Mark Wahlberg die? <laughs> the thing is, Mark Wahlberg would agree to that. He'd be like, "Ah, oh, fuck, him. I could take him." <laughs> Fucking. I was in miracle, baby. If I had been out there. <laughs> Like, thing is, I don't have anything against Mark Wahlberg. He's just such. Oh, you should. I have a it's, lot against Mark Wahlberg. He's a chode. Just, yeah, yeah. It's just so easy. It's just so easy, man. <laughs> no, he's. I mean, he's easy to make fun of, but he's also reprehensible. But that's that's a different conversation. That's another podcast. I did like Four Brothers, though. I I will say I did just remember that he did just make a movie about how he solved the Boston Marathon bombing. Well, that yep. that's on brand. He, that wasn't tasteless. At uh, yeah, all. I, that, oh, that's, and that's I think fair. even Boston hated that. No, it, it is on brand. It it's is on brand. completely on brand. He claimed yeah. he would have stopped 9/11 if he was on one of the planes. He did. This guy, yes. How did I not know that? This is completely on the Walmart, the Wahlberg brand. I just thought he had a burger oh. place. That's all, Donnie. You know that's all, Donnie. You <laughs> That's true. That's true. Oh man, and and somehow somehow he like he got the better end of that deal. Dude, I don't know. I don't like thinking too much about Mark Wahlberg. It makes my head hurt. <laughs> that's that's fair. That's fair. Hopefully, hopefully in two weeks the Falcons will blow the Patriots out of the water. We never have to hear from Mark Wahlberg about the Patriots until next season. You know, you fucking know that whatever happens in that game, they're going to be calling conspiracy. Yeah, and it'll be great. Oh, if the Falcons win, it's going to be so hilarious as watching Patriots fans be like, ah, Goodell rigged it. Yeah, they're going to turn themselves into into such knots trying to justify and be like, well, actually, we won. And well, actually, Tom Brady won, if you think about it. See, that's the thing. Like, well, to, and to be fair, to be fair. After the Super Bowl, there there will be the winner, and then there will be the alternative facts of the situation. So uh, <laughs> you know, I, I guess I guess that's viable. I guess that's viable. So we'll we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's end it. I think there. I think we kind of have to now. I think we've dug ourselves into a you hole we can't it, get Sam. out of. It's dead. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Pour one out. So will. Uh, I don't. I don't know if you have like a way to follow you or anything like that, or so we can we can write rise up on your timeline somewhere. So yeah, pimp yourself a little bit. You, what have you got? You can spam me at will I stand. Uh, separate those with underscores on Twitter. Um, I have Instagram, but I don't use it. So just just mess mess with me over there. And uh, if you wanna. Look at some coordinate algebra curricula. Um, my website is grezes.weebly.com. I keep my course calendar updated there. Um, and you can check out some pretty cool math math applications. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sam. Yeah, yeah. You can follow me at uh, at Sam Grzezes, as always. S A M G R E S Z E S E S E S on Twitter. Uh, you can also check me out on Yard Barker, where I will be doing my damnedest to try to do the very bare minimum when I cover football to hide the apparent the, the massive disdain I have for the New England Patriots. I don't do a very good job of it. So you can follow me there. I'm also on Twitch at Robots Fighting uh, Dinosaurs, so you can follow me there as well. Dave? And I'm Play Dave. You can find me on Twitter at Play Dave, on Facebook at the Play Comic, on Patreon, and of course on the Play.com, where I don't even attempt to hide the fact that I'm biased against the Patriots. <laughs> and I hope to God the Falcons completely blow them up in two weeks. Hopefully, at minimum, though, it's at least a good game. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So everybody watch Dodgeball this Thursday, and then we'll probably laugh about the Pro Bowl for five minutes next week, and we will see you next week. Oh, oh no, 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 no. We're, I, I'm not sure if you weren't aware of the plan for next week. It's an in-depth Dodgeball anal- analysis podcast now. So look forward to that. Okay. I'm perfectly fine <laughs> with that. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs>